0: It's the most famous recording you've never heard.
1: Lieutenant Rebel, this is Don Mitchell of WRAJ News in Anna, Illinois, calling. Have you uh, located the uh, assassin of President Kennedy?
2: Uh, I think so. He killed one of our officers and he was arrested shortly after. He was on the floor when the president was
0: killed. That's a call to the the Dallas, Texas Police Uh, Department on November 22, 1963 a call that for the first time revealed the name of Lee Harvey Oswald as the suspected assassin of President John F. Kennedy. We'll hear it and the story behind it coming up today on The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith. This is Bob Smith. Welcome to The Off-Ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and get some perspective on life. Today we have two unique recordings surrounding the assassination of President John F. Kennedy a half-century ago. One came from a remarkable man I worked for named Don Mitchell. Don gave me my first job after college at his small-town broadcasting operation and soon after I joined, I discovered his station was anything but conventional, anything but normal. Somehow, Don Mitchell, my boss, was able to convince scores of famous people to grant interviews to our small 500 watt radio station. Recently, on the off ramp, we played an interview on news gathering that he did with the late, great Walter Cronkite. But Don also interviewed such luminaries as Ralph Nader, Buckminster Fuller, Bob Hope, Norman Vincent Peale, Ann Landers, and Colonel Harlan Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. Some came to us, others he went to. All were convinced to spend time with Don for a recorded conversation, and our little radio station benefited. That was impressive enough. But even more impressive was the fact that ten years before I joined Don, He covered one of the biggest stories of the century, the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, and he covered it from his radio station in Anna, Illinois. Don is retired today and, at the age of 88, lives in Dallas, Texas. Recently, I spoke with him about that fateful day in history. I'd like to go back to the most remarkable thing that I know you did, and that happened on November 22, 1963. Maybe you could take us back to that day, that famous phone call you made?
3: When JFK was shot, you mean? Yes. Uh, I, I was home for lunch, and my friend called me, and he said, uh, you know, the, the, he had just heard on CBS that uh, President Kennedy was shot. I said, oh, thank you, goodbye. And five minutes later, I was at the radio station. The, the, the uh, teletype machine had been ding, 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 you know? And... Bob Daly, who was on the only person there during the noon hour, thought it was just a, a telephone ringing and ignored it. And uh, so we, we uh, rigged up a microphone to, very quickly to, to go into the teletype booth where the news was coming in, and I read the bulletins right off the uh, right off the wire as they came in. Uh, what kept people listening to WRAJ was they thought if they turned it off, they are liable to miss something they would have liked to heard.
0: That day, you were worried they were missing something because TV was running a story and the teletype had gone dead.
3: Yeah, and uh, I, I, we had just gotten uh, direct dial phone service in Anna, Illinois. And I called the Dallas Police Department and asked to talk to a certain man who had been mentioned in one of the bulletins.
0: Now, let's stop for just a moment and review. With no network radio affiliation, Little WRAJ Radio had to rely on its United Press International teletype for news on President John Kennedy's assassination. And after an initial rush of bulletins, the teletype machine fell silent. It went dead, offering only occasional rehashes of the first dispatches. So, frustrated because he knew his listeners were defecting to television— Don decided he'd telephone the Dallas Police Department himself to find out what was going on. He wanted to talk with Captain Pat Ganaway, an officer who was quoted in one of those early UPI stories. Don ran a tape deck during the call and came away with one of the most remarkable recordings anyone's ever heard from that day. A correction, never heard from that day because the recording only aired on his little 500-watt radio station in Anna, Illinois, but he occasionally replayed it for astonished listeners for years afterward. It was definitely a different era, because amazingly, when Don called, the Dallas police, in folksy small-town fashion, supplied him with everything he asked for, including the big unknown, the name of John F. Kennedy's alleged assassin. In fact, Dallas police were so accommodating he had to cut their conversation short. Now, back to Don.
3: And they said, well, he's he's not here, but the the man who arrested Oswald is here. You want to talk to him? I said, yes, I certainly do. <laughs> so we had about a five-minute interview about his capture.
0: I'd love to play that sometime if you would give us permission. That would be great to hear that conversation at some point. He
3: certainly, he certainly had my permission to play it.
0: So here, with Don's permission, is that call, the most famous, historic phone call you've never heard, from November 22nd, 1963.
1: Hello, is this Dallas Police Department? Uh, no,
2: sir. Excuse me, I can ring. Which division did you need?
1: Carly? May I speak to Captain Pat Gannaway, please? Long distance calling.
2: Uh, the captain isn't in the office, sir. Uh, could you
4: hold the line just a minute?
1: All right. All right. Hello, is uh, Captain Pat Gannaway there, please? No, he's not here just now. Uh, this is Lieutenant Who? Revel. Revel, Lieutenant Revel. This is Don Mitchell of WRAJ News in Anna, Illinois, calling yes, to sir. find out: Have you uh, uh, located the assassin of President Kennedy?
2: Uh, I think so. We, he killed one of our officers, and he was arrested shortly after. Uh, he was on the floor when the president was killed.
1: What were the circumstances when he killed the officer?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar too familiar with, but the thing was
1: a traffic violation. I see. The officer just uh, shot him a couple of times. Did, um, how did you uh, get, uh, I mean, how did you know this person was the one?
2: Well, I tell you what, I've been so busy here trying to, I had the security on the president, so uh, I was uh, at the uh, auditorium where he was to speak, and I was uh, there when it happened.
1: I see. And, uh, all I'm getting is just uh, piecemeal information, really, uh-huh. as to what actually happened. When the officer who arrested him is here. Would you like to talk to him? Yes, I certainly would. Oh? Hello, who am I speaking with, please? Uh,
2: this is Detective Taylor.
1: Detective Taylor. Yes, sir. Uh, did you arrest the do you, did you arrest the person who is uh, thought to be the assassin? Yes, sir,
2: I assisted.
1: And uh, how did it come about?
2: Uh, we had information that he was in a theater. I
1: see. Texas Theater in uh, Oak Cliff, of Dallas. You received a tip on that? Yes. Uh huh. Then what? We went to that uh, theater
2: and went in there and found him hiding in the uh, lower, uh,
1: uh, lower floor theater. Uh, did he admit? Uh, well, uh, not readily, no, sir. Uh, he's upstairs now with our homicide uh, bureau and they're uh, talking to him. I don't know whether he's admitted it yet or not. I see. He, did uh, he shoot one of your officers inside the theater, sir? Did he shoot and kill one of your officers inside oh, sir, it the theater?
2: Was, uh, before we. Before he went to the theater, he shot and killed one of our
1: officers. How did he happen to do that? Was this a traffic violation? Uh, is was, uh, it?
2: I a traffic violation. The officer stopped him, and he uh, he shot him.
1: I see. And um, what uh, he is being uh, held upstairs? He's do you have his name, did, sir? Do you have his name?
2: Uh, yes, sir. What is his name? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. O S W A L D.
1: O S W A L D. What is his age? Uh, I'm not sure. He's approximately. Twenty-three or four years old. Twenty-three, twenty-four. That's just by appearance. Now I don't know. I see. White male. Uh, yes. Sir. And uh, where is he from? I don't have that, sir. I see. Do you know? Did he give any reason? I mean, do you have any idea why he might have shot the president? If he did.
2: Well, no, sir. Uh, like I say, we haven't. Uh, we took him. We brought him straight down
1: here and uh, released him to Captain Will Fritz of our homicide bureau. Uh-huh. What time did he take him into custody?
2: Uh, approximately. Oh. I'd say approximately
1: two o'clock approximately two p m yeah. uh what time do you have there now three uh, thirty uh, here three thirty an hour and a half ago then uh, approximately yes sir. i see and uh, he apparently uh, ran a stoplight or something and attracted the attention
2: uh apparently that's still uh, uh very vague uh like I say we haven't talked to him and uh we we got him out of the theater with the with the pistol mm mm-hmm. and uh he attempted to shoot one of our officers in the theater, but the pistol clicked and it didn't. It didn't fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we took him out of the theater and brought him directly to Captain Will Fritz, who Captain, is our homicide officer.
1: Captain Will Fritz is the homicide officer.
2: Yes. Sir. And they have him up there now talking
1: to. Him. Uh, had any assassination attempt been expected today? Uh, no, sir. None. None uh, expected. No sir. Uh, we had
2: approximately 300 or 350 uh, city officers on it, plus the uh, state, plus. Uh, uh, plus so all the federal officers that were here. So it was well, uh, it was well, uh, guarded.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, huh is he thought to have shot the president from?
2: Uh, out of a window in a, uh, in a building near, uh, near the courthouse. It's, a, I'm not sure what the name of the building is. It's a, it's a fairly large building. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, just as he made the corner and turned to go to the trademark where he was going to
1: have dinner. What sort of weapon do you think he used? Uh, they found a rifle in the, a uh, uh, high-powered rifle with a scope in the, uh,
2: in the room that the shot was fired
1: from. Mm-hmm. Had any, uh, what kind of rifle it was? Had any precautions been taken uh, as far as inspecting windows and, and buildings along the route that type of thing?
2: Well, I'm not sure. I'm sure that probably there was. Uh, uh, I was assigned to the trademark and uh, I don't know uh,
1: just what all was uh, uh, done downtown. I'm sure that it was checked. I see. Now, what was your name again, sir? E.E. Uh, e. Taylor. E.E. E. Taylor, and you are a detective? Detective, yes, In the Dallas Police Force. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Speaking. If de- you'd like some more information, I could uh, maybe have you transferred upstairs. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're pretty busy up there. I don't know where they'd want to talk right. to you. What is, what is their extension? I'll try later. Uh, let
2: me get it for you. Please right. just ask for the Homicide and Robbery uh, Bureau.
1: All right, sir. Thank you very much. Detective E.E. E. Taylor of the Dallas Police Department at 3.30 this afternoon that the president was assassinated. Thank you. WRAJ News.
0: Wow. Did you think on your feet that day, Don, you were asking all these questions about his height, his race, how he was arrested, what weapon did they think he used? Did he resist? You ask all these questions that, in the shock of the assassination, many professionals might have just forgotten. But you didn't. You had the audacity to make the call, and you got the Dallas Police Department to talk to you, Don, on this horrible day where the world's falling apart. You got them to talk to you, and they gave you the name of the suspect in the assassination, just like you got all these other famous people to talk to you. What in the world was your secret? How did you get them to speak to you?
3: Well, you know, (laughs) in a simple answer, just ask.
0: (laughs) Just amazing how you did that.
3: Well, it's just amazing how easy it is to navigate through people. uh, If you know where you're going and, you call anywhere from Illinois people assume you are from Chicago (laughs) (laughs) and so they thought I was from a big time radio station and uh, as soon as we completed that we played that tape on the air and then I called the uh, UPI National Bureau which was in Chicago at that time and told them I had the name of uh, the uh, the assassin
0: yes that was the first time that UPI had the name was from you. Nobody knew at the time. Yeah. Moments after UPI in Chicago heard that call, teletypes jerked into action spelling out the name of Lee Harvey Oswald for the very first time. From a tiny station in Anna, Illinois, Don Mitchell had scooped the wire services and the White House Press Corps, and he didn't stop there. In the weekend following the assassination, he called the home of Abraham Zapruder, and spoke to the amateur photographer who took the famous film footage of Kennedy's assassination. He telephoned other witnesses as well. Don Mitchell will forever be associated with the Kennedy assassination and the news coverage of that day, for the five-minute call with the officer who arrested Lee Harvey Oswald, and because he preserved all of the wire service copy from that day.
3: Uh, Eventually, I saved all of that news copy, and that's now on file in in a... uh Museum library at, here in Texas, which is interesting because each bulletin carried the time, so it, I think it may be of some historic interest in, in the future.
0: I recently saw some of Don's teletype copy with my former station's call letters. It hung alongside a teletype at the sixth floor museum at Dealey Plaza, the museum of the JFK assassination in Dallas.
1: Do you have his name, sir? Do you have his name? Yes, sir. What is his name? Uh,
0: Lee Harvey Oswald, O-S-W-A-L-D. Eventually, that name would be burned into the pages of history, and Don Mitchell's call is what helped make that possible. By the way, Don Mitchell is memorialized on the Sixth Floor Museum's website, where he's listed as one of the earliest reporters to broadcast the name of suspect Lee Harvey Oswald. You're listening to a special edition of The Off-Ramp with historic recordings from The Assassination of John F. Kennedy in November 1963. We'll continue with more in just a moment. We continue with special recordings of news coverage of The Assassination of John F. Kennedy in November 1963 on The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith. Our next unique recording comes thanks to Dave Eliasson, the late Dave Eliason, who was a news director at the Iowa radio station where I worked in the 1970s, KDTH. Dave was a media enthusiast as a young man and had his own audio tape recorder at the time of JFK's assassination. You have to remember, back then, there was no such thing as home video. Dave saw the significance of what he was watching on television and made a move to preserve it. He did so by recording the audio soundtrack to that tragedy from television. I discovered this in 1978 when I was doing a montage of historic recordings surrounding the assassination. Dave told me he had something he thought might help and brought in a box of reel-to-reel recordings from that weekend. I took the tapes into our production room and waded through them one afternoon, listening to hour after hour of coverage on the ABC, CBS, and NBC television networks. I put Dave's recordings and mine together to produce this montage.
5: Two years ago, I said that I uh, introduced myself in Paris by saying that I was the man who had accompanied uh, Mrs. Kennedy to Paris. I'm getting that somewhat that same sensation uh, as I travel around uh, Texas. Nobody wonders what Lyndon and I wear. <laughs>
3: President Kennedy has offered a large Texas hat.
5: I'll put it on in the uh, White House on Monday. If you'll come up there, you'll have a chance to see it there. Just a few minutes ago, the President of the United States turned from Houston Street onto Elm Street on his way to a scheduled luncheon appearance at the Stemmons Trademark. As the president turned, applause broke out from a sparse crowd on both sides of the street. And as he went by the Texas School Book Depository, headed for the triple underpass, there were three loud reverberating explosions. Nobody moved. Everyone seemed stunned. A few seemed to look around, wondering who has the firecrackers. Then suddenly the Secret Service men sprang into action. The convertible bearing the President and Mrs. Kennedy sped away, and officers, both plainclothes and uniformed, seemed to spring from everywhere at once, guns drawn, ordering people to lie flat. There are two witnesses who were near the President's car at the time of the explosions who say that shots were fired, from which upper window we do not know. We do not and cannot confirm the reports at this time that the president has been shot. One witness says he definitely was shot, that he was hit twice, that he saw the president slump in his seat. As I say, this is not confirmed at this time. From where I am, the police have two witnesses. They are bringing them in now. I'm in the Texas School Book Depository Building. They're bringing some witnesses in now. We will try to learn further and relay word to the station. Stay tuned for further details. This is Pierce Olman from the Texas School Book Depository Building for WF
4: K-A news. Put me on, Phil. Put me on. Tell am I on? We're here at the trademark. The motorcade is coming by here. I can see many, many motorcycles coming by now. Police motorcycles. Just heard a call on the radio for all units along Industrial to pick up the motorcade. Something has happened here. We understand there has been a shooting. The presidential car coming up now. We know it's the presidential car. You can see Mrs. Kennedy's pink suit. There's a secret service man spread eagle over the top of the car. We understand Governor and Mrs. Connolly are in the car with President and Mrs. Kennedy. We can't see who has been hit, if anybody's been hit, but apparently something is wrong here. Something is terribly wrong. I'm in behind the motorcade doing the follow them. It looks as though they're going to Parkland Hospital. We're on the road to Parkland at this time.
3: And I thought about it. And I gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa.
6: Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details, about the same as previously... President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh, no, the motorcade sped on.
3: We interrupt this program for a
6: bulletin.
7: President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly of Texas were both hit by a would-be assassin's bullets as they toured downtown Dallas in an open automobile a short while ago. That is the latest word that had just come in from Dallas on United Press International. Uh, the Associated Press in its first report says that President Kennedy was shot just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy, who was riding with him, jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy and cried, Oh, no. The motorcade sped on. Riding in the same car with the president for this particular motorcade was Governor and Mrs. John B. Connolly, the governor of the state of Texas. According to the last report, both the president and the governor were hit by the bullets. And now one more ad has come in. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th President of the United States, is dead at the age of 46. Shot by an assassin as he drove through the streets of Dallas, Texas,
6: less than an hour ago. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital... In uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States.
4: He was coming down the street, and my five-year-old boy and myself were by ourselves on the grass there on Palmer Street. And I asked Joe to wave to him, and Joe waved, and I waved, and the man, the man, that's all right, sir. You were ahead, go ahead and tell me. As he as he was waving back, he, he was he was the shot rang out and he slumped down in the seat and his wife reached up toward him and as he, as he was slumping down and the second shot went off and it just knocked him down from, from the seat. The two shot, shots. Two shots. Did out. you see the man who did the? No, answer? sir. I did not see the man who did it. I I all I all i did was look in the man's face when he was shot there and saw that expression on his face and grabbed himself and slide and the second one whenever it went why i'm positive it had hit him i hope it didn't but i'm positive that it hit him and it's and he went all the way down in the car then they speeded up and i didn't know what was going on so i just grabbed the boy and fell on him in hopes that there wasn't a maniac around i'm sorry i can't help you more but i, I won't forget
7: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a press report over the wires. We hope that it is unconfirmed, but we have to doubt it, that the President of the United States has been the victim of an assassination. We
8: will
7: play... The funeral march from
8: Beethoven's
2: third symphony. The tragedy of this day is beyond instant comprehension. All of us who knew him will bear the grief of his death to the day of ours. And all men everywhere who love peace and justice and freedom will bow their heads. At such a moment, we can only turn to prayer.
6: What was your reaction, sir? Well, I'm shocked, like the rest of the people are shocked. And how will it affect your plans, sir? Uh, I don't think it'll affect my plans at all, and I don't want to discuss it. Uh, sir, have you had any chance to discuss this with no, anyone? Nobody. To nobody, and I don't care to discuss it. Uh-huh. And what are your plans, sir, when you leave Muncie? Going back to Washington. How do you think this will affect the operation of government? Oh, let's not talk about it, mister. The president's been shot. I don't care to discuss politics on a day like this. Thank you. I share the sense of shock and dismay that the entire nation must feel at the despicable act that took the life of the nation's president.
9: This is a sad time for all people. We have suffered a loss that cannot be waived. For me, it is a deep personal tragedy. I know that the world shares the sorrow that Mrs. Kennedy and her family bear. I will do my best. That is all I can do. I ask for your help. And God. And here comes Lee Harvey Oswald. His
5: back is to you. You can't quite see him. His face is still. The
10: basic fundamental hygienic uh, rights. I mean, like a shower. And that's clothes. These people have given me a hearing without legal representation or anything. You shoot the president. I didn't shoot anybody, not to.
8: Chief Curry, Could you detail for us what led you to Oswald?
9: Not exactly, except. Uh, in the building, oh, we. Uh, you can move a little bit. When we uh, went to the building, he was observed in the building at the time, but the manager told us that he worked there. You
5: think the smudge fingerprints that have been found on the rifle which killed the president will be able to establish the identity of the killer?
9: We hope so, but I couldn't say.
5: Has he made any admissions at all about no. the shooting of the police officer? No, he
9: denies everything. Mm.
5: Well, why do you think the police officer well, went I, to him uh, in the street? What was the reason? I
9: think he suspected him because of a description that had been put out on the radio. On the police
6: radio. Chief Curry, when you first uh, knew of the Dallas policeman's uh what then led you to the theater? What information did you have from there?
9: I understand that someone called uh, I think the ticket taker from the theater called. Chief, do you have... We did not have. You were office. not informed. We had not been informed of this <laughs> man. Chief, do
5: you have any concern for the safety of your prisoner in view of the high feeling among the people of Dallas over the assassination of the president?
9: No, but precautions necessary... Precautions will be taken, of course, but I'm not... Uh, I don't think that the, uh, that the people will uh, try to take the prisoner away from us. There
10: now the prisoner uh, wearing a... The black sweater he has changed from his t-shirt is being moved out toward an armored car being let out by uh, Captain Fritz there is the prisoner do you have anything to say in your defense there is a shot Oswald has been shot Oswald has been shot a shot rang up mass confusion here holy mecca there's a mass confusion there rolling and uh, fighting as he was being let out now he's being led back he was thrown to the ground the police have the entire area blocked off did you see it? Huh? What happened? Yeah, I saw the guy, there's a man, a rather stocky man with a hat on. A uh, stocky man with a hat yeah, on? he rushed, he crashed, and he shot him there. And I saw the flash, and Oswald said, oh, and that's it. Oswald doubled over. There was a big struggle on the ground. Just a moment earlier, I had, no doubt foolishly, jumped in front of him to get in the last question to ask him what happened, whether he had anything to say in his defense, and then a split second later, the shot rang out. An ambulance uh, has arrived. They are rushing a mobile stretcher in. Oswald is, was carried back into the uh, hallway. Here is young Oswald now. He is being hustled in. He is lying flat. He to me, he appears dead. There is a gunshot wound in his lower abdomen. He is white top down there yelling here's the driver let the driver by oswald white lying in the ambulance his head is back he is out unconscious dangling his hand is dangling over the uh, edge of the stretcher and now the ambulance is moving out the flashing red lights (laughs) here are some police officials who was he? Jack Ruby is the name. Jack Ruby? Ruby. Club. Carousel Club. He runs the Carousel Club?
9: Oswald expired at 1.07 p.m. He died? at 1.07 p.m. We have arrested the man. The man will, will be charged with murder.
10: The body of the late President Kennedy lay in state overnight in the great rotunda of the Capitol. A quarter of a million stricken Americans came from near and far waited hours in the cold and darkness to pay their final tribute, and 10,000 were still in line when the Capitol's massive bronze doors quietly closed at 9 o'clock this morning.
2: The people at the curb...
1: ...are silent. They say nothing. They simply watch. There is some movement now... ...on the sidewalks. People who were at the Capitol the casket carried down and placed on the caisson are now beginning to stream up the sidewalk
6: toward the White House. This is the Air Force Band.
8: Mrs. Kennedy now standing With her brother-in-law, the Attorney General has moved forward as she has moved to within three or four feet of the bronze casket, her veil gently blowing in this breeze. The troops will be brought to present arms, and a 21-gun salute will be sounded. Robert Kennedy has brought Mrs. Jacqueline Kennedy to a position directly in front of the casket and next to it. Guard begins to fold the flag which has draped the casket of the late president in prescribed military fashion the folding almost completed after the flag has been folded The body bearers then will move from the graveside and the chaplain will bless the eternal flame which is to be lighted here at the graveside during the burial ceremony by Mrs. Kennedy. the American flag has now been handed to Mrs. Kennedy who receives it. She will now in a moment after a final silent prayer a last look move away. She bends over toward the casket and lights the eternal flame with a torch. Robert Kennedy bends down and takes part as well. And now the president's youngest brother, Senator Edward Kennedy does similarly and the eternal flame is lighted And the ceremony, to all intents and purposes, is over. Thus, for Mrs. Jacqueline Kennedy, the most difficult day in a series of tragic days is drawing to its inevitable close. The former First Lady heart deeply grieving, has turned from a last long look at the casket burying the remains of her husband. John F. Kennedy has been laid to rest.
0: And there you have it. My thanks to the late Dave Eliason for those recordings from the weekend of the JFK assassination and all of the events surrounding it. And my thanks again to Don Mitchell for granting us our interview and for letting us feature his interview with the Dallas Police Department from November 22, 1963. Well, that's our show for now. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Off-Ramp and that you'll join us again next time. This is Bob Smith. The Off Ramp with Bob Smith is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarburg Public Library, Cedarburg, Wisconsin.